0: And we're live. Welcome back, everybody. So we've got uh, Nick, otherwise known as the uh, absentee co-host. Uh, he, he locked his boss in a broom closet. Don't ask questions. You don't want answers. But needless to say, he's here. So yeah, we're just going to go with too. All right, hey, are you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans? It's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just three nerdy veterans. Yes, we said three today, geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. The podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction. Without further ado, first, can we let our guest Mara Rose introduce herself to our listeners and viewers? Well,
1: hello. Hello. You know, I, I actually have to laugh. Putting the fun and dysfunction is actually part of my family's whole, like, motto. So I feel like I just walked into another family here. That was kind of crazy. Um, my name that's is just Mara what we Rose. do. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can tell it's going to be a fun night. Um, my name is Mira Rose, and uh, I, I wear many hats. I'm one of those crazy Renaissance geeks that's been doing this for way too long. So um, I am the... Uh, costume contest runner for the Dragon Con page to stage costume contest and uh, I'm also the production designer, costume designer, set designer. I don't know what hat I don't wear for Prop House 42 um, productions. Uh, we do costume sets and props for the entertainment industry and um, and uh for conventions as well and then uh i'm also the former vice president and president of the international costumers guild and the current president of cause international uh which is a little nonprofit getting started to help costumers and cosplayers network uh throughout the community and build brands so thanks for having me here tonight guys uh i I heard you say three veterans by the way you actually have four on the line but i can't talk about bruno
2: don't
0: want to talk about Bruno <laughs> all right and so since she mentioned page to stage and if you're listening to this or viewing this you see that this is a fireside chat uh, that is our, our episode today we're gonna uh, we wanted to expand to do more than just author interviews to get all nerdy with it and uh, so when doc started or hosted however this came about the page to stage as part of her fantasy la- literature track at Dragon con she's like hey we want to talk about this and we're like sure we'll get nerdy we've tried to have uh some of the other cosplaying groups come on but all of them were pretentious and wouldn't answer my emails so we get mara instead who's way cooler wait
2: whoa, 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 whoa okay who okay I,
1: I i I have to say something here. Cosplayers and costumers are not necessarily pretentious. We are exceptionally crazy busy people that do things like make insane large costumes seven weeks before con, also known as con crunch. So nine times out of ten, what you may be interpreting as pretension might actually be real tension, like stress, like we don't have time to do it. We wish we could. We want to promote ourselves. But dude, con crunch is a thing.
0: So... Yeah, We we reached out it through is... the, so if you go to the 501st website, they say all media inquiries must use our public affairs officer. So you email the public affairs officer and you get crickets. So I was like, eh, whatever. We didn't want to talk about your stuff anyway.
2: House of the Mouse <laughs> is dying.
1: The 501st is actually so <laughs> involved in charity efforts. I'm sure they don't have a lot of time to do much promotion beyond the cons, that they do. So that said, uh, get, get, get. <laughs> yeah yeah um there's some awesome groups other than the 501st i can direct you to though
0: sure we'd love to have more it's uh it's always fun to branch out to the various uh organizations of fandom just to to mix it up a little bit but before we get this party started we wouldn't be the blasters and blades nick they're coming for you i thought you hit the bottom bro (laughs) that's actually on my (laughs) uh, end i
1: happen to be at a house that's less than three miles away from the fire department
0: yeah that'll do it oh okay okay so this wouldn't be the blasters and blaze podcast if we didn't have the religion question so first star wars star trek or firefly
2: choose by
1: I have to choose just one <laughs> all no. three said that no all three Actually, I don't I definitely just a one. Jedi Borg uh brown coat
2: oh shit I'm down I'm, I'm a Have I you cosplayed that? Because I want to see pictures. pictures.
1: I actually I did do a steampunk Borg cosplay with my husband during the Dragon Con masquerade back in uh, 2000. I don't remember. Um, and uh, we had an awful lot of fun lip syncing to um, Victorious as done from that movie about people that sing. Uh, what is it called? I don't remember what that movie's called.
2: Anyway, I guess no, you Les the
1: questions and I give you blank look. It's it's not lame as Rob. It's it's the, um, it's the one where all the girls get together and they sing the acapella stuff. Oh, acapella it's perfect, and
2: I'm ashamed I knew that so fast.
1: There you go. See, it's a thing. I love all three.
2: of them. Nick, I'm going to need heard your, heard. your
0: blue card at the end of this podcast. <laughs> no, no.
1: <laughs> Come on. <you laughs> I lo- that.
0: Is a guilty pleasure for me, man. I love it. Hey, right? love- I'm just messing with you. I'm all right, and because we are poly...
3: It's okay, we have been women in the infantry now. Ooh. This is
0: true, this is true. You're saved. Uh, saved by Doc. All right, so because we're polytheistic here, we've got Hunger Games, The Umbrella Academy, or Divergent.
1: God, this is, again, another all three, except probably a little bit more on the Hunger Games side. I'm actually also a homesteader and a chicken farmer. Um, so uh, I'd love to say that I was inspired by books to do that but i was inspired by books in our current political state so you know it it just made sense
0: i'm down i'm, I'm there so uh <laughs> doc is going to be jumping in some of this next because this is her baby but first before we get started for those of us that don't know what is page to stage
1: oh the page to stage is the most amazing contest i'm telling you back uh several years ago, I want to say about 15 years ago, the page to stage started as the page to stage comic book pageant on the comic book track at Dragon Con. And it was actually emceed by two of the most amazing comic book artists and longtime, uh, Dragon Con, just uncles. I mean, (laughs) who doesn't consider George Perez an uncle, right? Um, so George and, uh, Peter David emceed the contest and it was their baby and they had lots and lots of amazing costumers come out and participate and it was the Saturday night epic epicness that they did with the main programming track and then about five years ago somebody decided it was time to retire it and replaced it with the chosen at the aquarium which is the Yaya Han contest and uh, I, was, I was very pleased to be able to be one of their backstage pre-judging judges for that. I had a lot of fun with it, but it was a very different vibe. And so fast forward a couple of years or rewind a couple of years, however you want to go. And uh, back in 2020, Seska said to me, hey, I want to have a costume contest on the fantasy literature track. And I hear you know something about that. And I died laughing because she's probably the only person that did not realize that I've been running international costume contests for 26 years. And uh, I just said to her, okay, we can do it. But I need you to ask them if we can take the name Page to Stage and bring it back. Because one of the coolest things about the Page to Stage was it gave an audience for characters that had not been standard in costume contests to suddenly appear. Nobody did Hawkgirl, and suddenly people were doing Hawkgirl. Nobody did Deadpool, and this was before the Deadpool movies, and people were doing Deadpool. And so it became a thing. Well, I figured what better way to uh, revive that contest at Dragon Con than to expand it from just comic books to Fantasy literature, fiction, manga, every literary work in existence, fiction, nonfiction, etc., and comic books, and give it a home.
0: Is it considered cosplaying if you created the character that you're dressing up as?
2: Absolutely. It's Asking for a- Nick. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's pictures of me in the Phantom Hawk costume. I did six months across. I know that's why I did, asked
0: if it counts. My uh,
2: my fat ass in there. Uh, wasn't so fat by the end of six months across it, but I am very John Favreau when it comes to that. Like, I'll get in shape for the project, and then as soon as it's over, I'll blow right back up because I love food yeah. and <laughs> and beer.
3: So, I have learned a ton doing this, but yeah, we really did want to make sure we had a literature and print media focused costume contest, but can you, I've learned a lot about this, but can you explain to these gents the difference between costuming and
1: cosplaying? Well, the reality is the two terms are actually interchangeable now. So back in the eighties, they used to call it costuming because, of course, you were making a costume and you were wearing the costume as a character. And there are a lot of people that still associate costuming with the act of making the costume and then wearing it. And that's great and it's fine. But sometime mid-1970s, uh, a gentleman, I believe it was in Japan. There's actually this whole write-up on the history of cosplaying out there online if you want to go and look it up. Um came up with the term cosplaying to mean costumed play, which means putting on a costume and playing a character, whether or not they made the costume. So for a good defining maybe 20, 25 years there, the difference between them was, did you make the costume? And if you did, you were a costumer. And if you didn't, and you were just putting on the costume and playing the character, then you were cosplaying. And so there was some friction in the community, and some of it still kind of exists today. Uh, You know, did you make it? Did you buy it? Is it costuming? Is it cosplaying? But now the two terms kind of function interchangeably. So, uh, you know, there are a lot of cosplayers that put an awful lot of time into making their costumes and, and being these characters. So really, I consider the two of them interchangeable, but I'm sure there are people who will disagree. Probably in the comments. I'll be right
2: here in this forum. (laughs) (laughs) Not me. No, I look at Yaya Han as as a costumer. Well, (laughs) Yaya is (laughs) a costumer,
1: though. I mean, the reality is that Yaya considers herself a cosplayer, I believe. But she does make costumes. She does it in a very different way if you look at uh, the stuff that she did on the TV shows um, than most people would consider because... On the TV show, she didn't sew. Now, obviously, she sews now. And she's got a lot of fabrics out there. She's had a huge success in her career with materials and things of that nature. And so that's that's one of those bridges. I mean, she may not consider herself a costumer, but she definitely makes her costumes. So I think um, Yaya is actually a fabulous example of what cosplaying can do. And I I think uh, she's a pretty amazing (laughs) cosplayer
2: i got to talk to her uh dragon con 2018 she spent like 15 minutes talking to me and i just thought it was awesome because i had been a follower of hers for a while even before she was on what was that show um well before Paris she was high
1: yeah
2: and i'd be doing katie and all them i was, I was followers of theirs um from like the very beginning so just like they showed up on my feet i was like oh man they did amazing work um, and they showed their processes and things like that i just think that was amazing uh so yeah i i The terms are interchangeable to me but i i have a lot of respect for people that are able to build that stuff you know because some of it's pretty interesting they get really creative and they're using led lights and you know warbler and foam and just so many cool things that i'm just like I got some Eva foam that's been in my closet for like six years, and I haven't done anything with it. So I just keep recycling costumes I already had.
1: <laughs> I, I have to laugh because she called it Eva foam. It's E V A, and we always do this with everybody in the uh, in the panels that I run. I'm still gonna call
2: it Eva foam. Do-
1: I do workshops at Dragon Con on uh, working with thermoplastics, working with EVA foam, and um, there's so many different types of foam and things of that nature. Um, but I have to i have to correct you because it's not Wally's girlfriend. It's not Eva. It's EVA.
2: And I appreciate that. You know what I'm going to do? I'm still going to call it Eva, <laughs> <laughs> to EVA I know it's EVA because it's all capitalized and there's dots in between. I do know how to read despite what people in the audience think. I'm not just some dumb grunt most of the time um it's just it's easier for me to say that Eva bone i said warbler right right
1: you said warbler right you forgot okay about cool flex and Centra uh, 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 and all of the other ones oh i
2: did so many wonderful things with centra my my ex-wife hated it because i was just had pots of boiling water going all the time because <laughs> that's how you form it well that's how i formed it okay then look okay, Don't the
1: what, Nick?
2: You know what you faced. So,
1: I'm not sure what he's got in that mug.
2: Uh, it's an old-fashioned right now. Ah, uh, okay. So, Doc, let's
0: get us back on track about the, the page to stage, and then we'll branch back into individual costuming, because I think that's an interesting conversation, too. But let's so, try to not so, jump back and forth yet. So
3: last year was the first year of the new page to stage, as hosted with and the Hyatt um this year we have two divisions now which is really neat and we have an invitational and an open the open is what we did last year and it's anybody and everybody can register they are required to they have to pre-register so we're not doing any
1: on-site registrations this year right mira That's correct. So basically last year, because the contest was announced a little last minute, we felt like it wasn't quite fair that people didn't get a full three months notice like they do with most dragon con costume contests. And so we did allow registration on site this year. That is not the case. We opened the open division on June 1st. The open division has the same, uh, division entries that, um,
0: all right sorry for this little bit of an introduction the uh guest had her um technical difficulties that's what happens when you live out in the country and so rather than have you listen to static etc we decided to just edit it out and so uh we appreciate your patience and we uh will get back to the show right now
1: as far as uh so the answer is of course no we do not have any registration on site this year because dragon con uh people got a full three months notice, just like with the FNCC and other costume contests. Whereas last year, we really only gave them about two months notice So we wanted to allow people to register on site. This year, all registration is being done online. It is the standard um, format for an open division costume contest. If you've never won a costume contest, you've never won best in show or best in division, then you would need to um, register as a novice if you have won one to three of those awards previously then you would register in the uh what was formerly known as journeyman we use non-gendered terms um so it is intermediate division and if you've won three or more then you would be in the master's division normally but we changed the name to advanced so we have novice intermediate and advanced divisions And uh, then, of course, we also have the best in show award, um, best division awards for each of those division and best craftsmanship. Those are the minimum number of awards that we give for the open division. And then this year we started something super new. It's going to be so much fun. Okay, wait,
3: let's first explain one thing that's important to know about these characters. These characters need to be from print media. So manga, comics. Graphic novels because Nick has taught me that these are three different things. See, and you thought I just ignored you. I just yeah, thought so, you I mean, you stared at
2: me blindly because I'm a pretty face, but whatever. And
3: um, as well as novels
1: Any and fictional character, or you can do a nonfiction well, character if it's been represented in print media. I mean, yeah, well, there Lincoln is Abraham Lincoln Empire. in a comic book. Yep. All right. And that's we said,
2: or or you
1: prejudice versus zombies. Media, right. Or you can do their media representations. So that means you want to do Captain America because he's in a comic book, but you want to do the Captain America suit that just showed up in the last Avengers movie, go for it. Yeah.
3: So there is an open to interpretation part, and um, we also will let people do stuff out of, like, game books, like RPG manuals. So...
1: But oh
2: really?
1: Now, they're allowing that. Now.
2: Well, it's we great. are. That's awesome. The artwork is really good in a lot of those, like the Heroes RPG. Yeah.
1: So personally, I'm a huge fan of the World of Darkness line of books. Shout yeah. out to Phil Bricado, man! You got some of the best artwork in the world in Mage: The Ascension. <laughs> so a dick.
2: Nick's gonna send me hate mail later. I'm going to come visit you, and that's may- way worse.
1: stepped <laughs> into so, something I don't know about.
3: That's because you didn't see I, the, underneath camera, the, the scroll on the screen.
2: I put a it speaker speaker something with, uh, to effect
3: of they're all picture to
2: How dare you diminish my, my craft?
3: <laughs> I don't know. When was the last time you published my, my <laughs> Oh! Oh,
2: my... that's hard. Uh, now, see, that's oh. not fair. No, that's, that's really good that you brought that up. Uh, and I'm not going to be emotional about it. It was Solarum Prime. It debuted in April and it sold out. Oh
0: wow! Good job, so man. So you can
2: just go over there Drop and just them. like have good read. So funny. when does the
0: second round come out? What
3: have you done for me in um, July? I'll, oh, I'll do nothing in
2: July. What's no, I'm just
3: saying. No, no, no. <laughs> We're just giving each other grief.
2: No, um, second printing is going to happen. Um, it's I'm having a new cover done, so you know it's the second printing, and. Um, he has a day job like a lot of us indie creators do so he's he's getting to it and it's it's pretty slick
3: that's awesome i i did see that solarium prime came out and was super psyched for you uh by the time i went to go get it it was sold out so
1: get some of your readers to cosplay and enter in the open division yeah
2: okay all right I, so i would actually I would would be very honored okay. if someone decided they want to dress up in a cape and cowl's like damn, and that's actually that
1: that's part of the reason why we do this honestly authors are the unsung heroes of the con community man they give us the characters that we love and some of them <laughs> get the chance to go out there and see their you know intellectual property and their amazing works come to life on TV screens and in movies but the rest of them, man, they spend all of their time writing these amazing characters and they never get the attention they deserve. And this contest gives them the attention they deserve.
3: And their fans a place to be recognized because there's nothing worse than building a costume and having people think that you're from Game of Thrones or wheel of time when you're from Pern. There you go. So, but can we talk a bit for about the open and how we're a little bit about how we're judging the open. So people who are submitting or considering the open know.
1: Sure. So first off, let's let's talk real quick about the criteria. Okay. So because this is a costume contest, remember we talked about the difference between what was perception of costuming and cosplaying, right? It is a costume contest. So in the open division, yes, You do get points for presentation, meaning playing the character, but you also get points for interpretation, meaning how you interpret the character from the page into the literal physical embodiment in 3D form on the stage. And you also get points based on creation, meaning construction is important. You must have constructed at least 50% of the costume for novices, 60% 60% of the costume for intermediates, and 70% of the costume for advanced. Now, the other side of that percentage, 50, 40, 30, can be purchased, but we do prefer it if you modify it. Now, if you buy pieces and you modify them for the entirety of the costume, let's say you buy a cloak and you add a ton of flowers and things of that nature to it, that can that's considered a modification. If you modify ten percent of that cloak and that cloak is ten percent of your costume then you've modified about five percent which counts towards that fifty percent that's how you gauge that and that's how our judges will gauge that when they're looking at it now what they're looking for is is it well constructed are your seams finished are your edges pretty please bring us finished edge foam armors please do not leave your sandwich sides open on your warbler okay make sure your paint jobs are nice they don't have to be perfect not in the novice division at least if you're in the advanced we'd like them to be perfect but obviously that's how those things get judged so that's what we're looking for in the open division now we do have four amazing judges we're not going to give any names out we're going to wait a little closer to con to release all of that stuff but uh and they run the gamut between professional costumers and cosplayers who are also published authors and people who are cosplayers but also involved in the entertainment industry and authors. So,
0: so first, what window. do you mean by, so how do you define construction?
1: So construction so if they bought is this. sorry, go ahead.
0: I say So if you go to a thrift stop and you buy the various things and you modify it, you get the percentage, but it doesn't count as construction unless they actually make their own pants, for instance?
1: No, 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 no. So that's that's actually what we mean by construction. All right. So let's say you go to a thrift store. You buy a pair of pants. And that pair of pants is going to be one of the items unmodified, okay? Because pants are roughly half of your person, they're roughly half of your costume. So that means you're going to make everything else or you're gonna modify those to bring down the percentage. So let's say you buy the pants, but you've gotta distress the pants to make them look weathered, or you've gotta add leather straps to them so that they fit the way they're supposed to, or they have the uh, aesthetic that they should have. Um, Perfect example, let's say you wanna do a Deadpool. Go buy yourself a pair of leather chaps, get some red fabric. So that red fabric to the chaps, you now have a 25% constructed, 25% purchased piece.
0: Okay. So do you give points for complexity? Because obviously someone making an outfit that's just cloth, and I don't want to say just in that derogatory sense, but... That's a lot different than someone that makes I don't know, you know, faux power armor like you've seen from some of the Warhammer cosplayers. Does that factor into the the price or the pricing the judging?
1: Well, that's actually a really really good question. And this is something that is heavily debated in the costuming and cosplay community. So fiber arts are very difficult to master and people tend to look at a garment and say, oh, you know, they just sewed that, it's, it's not a huge deal. The techniques used in sewing that piece, cutting that piece, patterning that piece can be just as complicated and just as complex as what went into patterning and heat forming and painting an EVA piece. So you're really judging each piece based on the piece less than judging them against each other. So when I'm looking at a costume as a judge, what I do is I look at it and I say, okay, this is exactly what the costume should look in my mind. How close does it come to that? and then I judge based on that by the points that I'm going to give. That way I'm not judging a power armor against a gorgeous Renaissance dress. I'm judging the Renaissance dress against what I expect the Renaissance dress to look like and the power armor against what I expect the power armor to look like.
0: So so let's, let's talk about what you expect it to look like. So if it's uh, from a book you haven't read, for instance, you obviously aren't gonna have a preformed idea of what it looks like. So how do you determine what to base it against?
1: Well, that's that's another great question, and that's one of the wonderful things about this interpretation category. So a judge's interpretation may be different from the costumer's interpretation. So at the beginning of the contest, which happens before they ever take foot or pl- take set foot on the stage, we have something called prejudging. Now, during pre-judging, they provide documentation of what they did to create the build. This is just basically pictures, patterns, notes on how they drafted the pattern or how they draped the costume. And they provide those to the judges and then they get three to five minutes with the judges to explain their perception of what they interpreted on the page and then made into a 3D form. And so it's all about them presenting what they've gotten out of the book, how they made it come to life. And then the judge is looking at that interpretation and saying, Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Or no, that doesn't quite work for me. They're not judging based on their interpretation of the character. They're judging based on the interpretation that the costumer has given them for what they took from the character.
0: So when they so when they pick the characters, do they weigh against, like obviously if someone's going to, we'll, we'll use Halo, right? If they're gonna try to be the Master Chief, modern humans aren't like eight feet tall and built like a brick shithouse, right? So obviously yeah, there's only so much. Yeah, there's only so much we can do for the physicality. Is that counted for or against or not even factored in?
1: It depends on the judge and it depends on the build. It's very specific to each character that's presented. So um, using your example, I have seen amazing Master Chiefs that were five feet tall that I would have awarded just as much as somebody that came in on stilts and was eight feet tall and bulletproof. Um, There is a complexity factor in creating these costumes that you have to take into account. Um, and, And honestly, we don't expect people to look exactly like the character this contest is very specifically open to everyone. We are very body positivity cosplay your way costuming. Okay? So that means I don't care if you come in and you look nothing like the character. I don't care if you are female and you're costuming a male character. I don't care if you're male and costuming a female character. I don't care if you're coming in and doing a non-binary interpretation of a character that is usually the most effeminate thing on the planet. I want to see what you've brought to it. I want to see your interpretation of it. And I want to see your original spin on that character. And when you do it and you defend it to the judges, they're going to see it too.
0: So, So we could see a Nick as Sailor Moon. We could do that. Because
1: we could absolutely that. do that. The so shorter you. the We've shorts, the better. We've got some pretty <laughs> spectacular people in this independent invitational division. I can't wait for you guys to see them.
2: I shaved my legs in high school for swimming, and the hair like never grew back. <laughs> so I got the smoothest <laughs> legs for any man on the western coast.
3: As I won't doctor- <laughs> you because my hair always grew back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I did a nine-foot-tall nine foot uh, foot androgynous horror creature that was very similar to the ghasts or whatever they're called in Miss Peregrines that walked on four legs mm-hmm. uh, with with the most insta- insane stilts you've ever seen. Now, mind you, this was 15 years ago when I could still do that kind of thing, um, and Honestly, it was one of the most fun builds I've ever done. And it won a costume contest,
0: so. Nice. So this is, we like to ask in our contest, because we realize that our audience listening, or sometimes we've got whole families that listen together to our episodes. And I have heard uh, through the grapevine that some of the um, costume attire that appears at some of these events is less than family friendly. So for your contest itself, like, what would you rate the appropriateness of people that wanted to bring their families to watch this? Oh no, Are they gonna I can
3: see... answer that. Yeah, we is... actually. Okay. We have I'm, t- a I'm trying, trying to, to be delicate time. here. No, 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 no. This is easy. This is before 10 p.m., which means
1: nothing will be on our stage that is not family friendly. The judges and the costume contest staff re- re- uh, retain the right to remove anyone from the contest that we feel may not be appropriate. Um, we have a rule that is a standard rule in all costume contests, but especially at Dragon Con. And it actually originated at Dragon Con. And that is no costume is no costume. Nudity is not permitted. Um, and the reason for that is because we do not want the liability. We also have a lot of other safety rules involved. So if you're going to enter this contest, please keep in mind, we do not allow explosives, flash pots, smoke effects, strobe lights, etc. If you want to bring LED lights, feel free to do it, but keep it at a low flash rate that will not set off anyone's epilepsy we are very very disability friendly and we want to make sure everyone is able to both enjoy and compete without any fear or threat to their safety if you have a question
3: feel free to reach out through the facebook page or email please all
0: right so i'll see how do you know so how do you know that the, uh, the, throw, the strobe lights are going to hit that uh, epilepsy like flashpoint? I don't know like how you'd be able to tell that.
1: Um, well, uh, in addition to all of the other hats that I wear, I'm also a disabilities advocate and have um, particular experience with uh, strobe lights flashpoints for epilepsy. And so I will actually make you test them in front of me. And uh, I can tell you pretty quickly whether or not it's going to be a problem.
0: It's usually what. So it's a, um, you'll know it when you see it kind of thing. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we are going to uh, pause real quick while we shamelessly show for the man with this most excellent commercial. Actually, He's this guy.
2: Do you have what it takes to take this from the page to the stage? Flex your creative muscles and bring your favorite character to life. At the Dragon Con page to stage costume contest. Registration is now open, but entries are limited. What will you bring to the stage?
0: All right, so thanks for sticking with us. And Doc was about to say something right after she said hit the commercial. So, what were you about to say before I so rudely cut you off?
2: Which is I, funny. <laughs> uh, so,
3: I don't think I actually remember. I think it was just saying that if you have any questions, definitely reach out. And um, I don't
0: know. And so, for those of you that uh, that are listening and not viewing, the commercial showed a lot of the costumes that were there. So it was very visual oriented. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to upload that commercial as a standalone YouTube video as well that I can link in the show notes for you on the audio side. It's worth checking out. Even if you don't want to watch the whole thing because you listen while you drive or whatever, check out that 30-second commercial. The costumes were pretty lit. Oh, they're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those were our entries so.
3: for last year, and they were absolutely amazing. Our best in show from last year is was a I. Mira remembers her name and I don't.
1: Her name is Michelle Capimaggio. She, she did Gia, Gia Leon. Oh, I didn't pronounce it right. From Heaven's Blessing, which is a manga. And that costume was amazing. It's based on a butterfly kimono. And it's just, it was so gorgeous up close. We also had William Schaub, who is a, uh, professional leathersmith and entered in our advanced division and that knight's costume that he brought from Aries God of War was spot-on perfect beautiful finished edges we had a gorgeous Sanderson costume in there Um, and I mean just amazing work by all of our contestants last year those were the six winning entries and you will notice one of them was a duo And we are one of the unique costume contests that does not have a group division. We actually, in our open division, judge groups in the division that they should compete in as either novices, intermediate, or advanced. So again, it goes back to judging them against the costume, not against other costumes.
0: Okay. so. Some contests, um, because Nick didn't see my notes, some contests, or some contests, some costumes obviously include weapons as part of it, like, you know, obviously if you're doing Warhammer, for instance, or some medieval costume. So how do you handle that with safety standards? Because I can't imagine Dragon Con wants you walking around with a firearm, that they don't know whether it really shoots or not.
1: Well, so the first thing you have to do before you ever come to prejudging is take it to Dragon Con Safety and have it cleared. Once it's cleared through Dragon Con Safety, they will put a tag on it that will show us that it has been approved. Um, And then you can compete in it. That said, you cannot brandish it towards the judges. And if it is a firing weapon of some sort, meaning uh, it has a projectile like a bow or a gun, you may not fire the projectile off of the stage or on the stage towards anyone.
0: Okay. Seems reasonable enough. So is there a preference for people that just make prop weapons as opposed to modifying real ones and then getting them cleared?
1: Uh, It is always a preference to make your own weapons. But that said, I have seen some really amazing modification builds based on Nerf guns and uh, real bows that were heavily modified. Um, And so we don't exclude those. There's no preferential treatment given. It's just judging the weapon based on what the description of it was, what the costumer's interpretation of it was, and how it ends up appearing in 3D format once they bring it to the contest.
0: So here's another question for you. When you talk about construction, if you 3D print it, do you have to design the AutoCAD or whatever the STL file is to get the credit, or is just printing it yourself enough?
1: Printing it yourself is absolutely enough. There's a lot involved with printing a 3D print file, especially if you didn't design it. Um, That said, if you did design it, great. Uh, I have done a lot of work over the last 10 years with 3D printing. And whether you made it, whether you bought the file and printed it, whether you bought the unfinished piece and then painted it, just bring it and accurately represent what you've done to the judges don't don't try to pass off things that you didn't do as something you did that's actually something called sandbagging it's cheating in costuming world um and uh so we don't want to see that but there's absolutely nothing wrong with buying a pattern printing your own pattern or even buying a piece someone else has printed for you um and then painting it and, and sanding it and doing all of your own distressing to it It's all perfectly reasonable uh, within the world of costuming. Everyone has their own skills. I'm known for my thermoplastics. My sewing is really good, but there are people who are a lot better at sewing than I am. Um, and, And so that said, you know, if I were going to need assistance with, let's say, embroidery on something, I would probably go to someone that had a better embroidery pattern than I could come up with. And buy the pattern from them and then try to run it through my machine. And if that failed, I might buy the embroidery pattern, but then put it on or embroidery piece, but then put it on the garment myself. It all counts towards that score. As long as you accurately represent what you did, it's all, you know, countable.
0: Okay, I, I asked about the weapons because I have seen some pretty cool, like you know, black powder weapons modified for steampunk costumes. Mm-hmm. So you know, Revolutionary mm-hmm. War era for the effect. Absolutely. Effects. And I've I don't seen know.
1: Really gorgeous sh- blunderbusses, and and uh, also yeah, the uh,
0: style of being a for- you know starting a forge and, and you know hand carving the wood that would be very difficult to uh, to recreate.
1: Absolutely on your own. Not- I have seen people that have bought them at shows and then taken them home and done carvings or added EVA foam to make the weapon look like it's supposed to, even bought base weapons and then added all of the steampunk gears and everything to it. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with purchasing pieces and modifying them. We allow for that in this contest.
0: Okay. Nick, you had a question, I believe? No, I
2: was just saying Ava for a
0: myself. Oh, you're talking about Ava foam again? So you're gonna get her to give you the smackdown. She's the guest. Don't make her mad. I I, I'm all about smackdowns. I know he, he would
1: he would have a hard time making me mad. A lot of people have tried.
2: Oh I'm not trying to make anybody mad. I know a lot of people try and make me mad. I'm just like yeah call it what you want. You're welcome. Be happy.
1: <laughs> I, I'm actually known for being one of I'm the most mad. moderate patient people on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with me? a lot.
0: This is true, and that takes the patience of a saint. So, what Nick was going to ask if he read the comments was, uh, Sascha wanted us to ask about this invitational aspect of it. So what so comment? what is that? Can Where? you tell us more?
2: Uh, yeah. On the
0: right side of your screen.
3: On the right side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, Nick, you've done this
0: before.
2: You are too rusty.
1: Okay, so
0: the- Oh, I need to scroll
2: down. From... Sorry. My bad. No
1: worries. The Invitational Division is actually probably the the coolest thing we've come up with. So, you know, like I was saying, this is an international costume contest. And there are a lot of international costume contests that say, hey, send us your applications. We're going to review the costumes you want to bring. We're going to choose the best 20 costumes. And those are going to be the people that compete on our stage. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do something very different, that helped bring attention to specific artists, specific authors, specific characters every year, and kind of got more um, interesting thoughts into customers' heads to challenge them to create new things that no one had ever done before. And so what we decided to do was create an invitational division and invite 20 amazing costumers and similar to Project Cosplay and all of these other you know, shows that have gone, okay, you have this many days to make this character and put it up on stage. We're giving them seven weeks to build a costume based on one of these characters and come and compete with it. And so uh, we put together a list of 40 characters um, with uh, various literary backgrounds. We've got five in there from comic books, uh, one of which I believe is also a graphic novel, if memory serves. Um, We've got five in there from mangas. We've got five in there from what we call mass media fiction. These are the very popular fictions, like, uh, you know, Ruby Rod from Terry Bisson's um, The Fifth Element. And, uh, you
2: know,
1: right, the, the Stilgar suit, Stillwater suit from uh, The Winds of Dune by Kevin Anderson and uh, um, not Frank Herbert, his son. Um, But anyway, so, you know, these, these great, amazing costumes that are written on the page and sort of represented in the artwork, but that people can really take some interesting spins on. And then we took 25 lesser known, but absolutely amazing authors some of whom have been very active in the con community and have a great following but just haven't gotten that much attention like davis Ashura, whose freaking artwork is gorgeous and his descriptions are amazing and oh. his characters and jay cheney who we just talked with recently on the show yes who did the uh, soul arbiter insertion armor which is one of the uh, one of the things that has been chosen and highlighted for the invitational division. So basically what we did was we took 40 characters and said, okay, these are the characters you have to choose from. And then we invited 20 costumers to come pick a character, make that character, and then put it on stage at the Dragon Con page to stage to compete for a $1,000 cash prize. Yes. Yes. And so we are bringing attention to literacy and literature and costuming and fandom and we're mashing it all up together through this division it's going to be a blast i'm so excited i'm already excited by some of what we're seeing from uh some of the costumers that have accepted the invitations
2: can you like, we ask that i'm like ask what you guys are having an intro like I'm a shitty host. I'm All kidding. right. So so We're do you have a down. list of what So
0: you said that there's a list that you had some of these people uh go through to pick. Do you is that available to the public or is that, you know, behind closed yeah. doors for people that to list That list is
1: actually available to the public right now. It's on dcpagetostage.com slash 2022 character list I do believe uh dot html so um if you go to the dc page to stage.com website you'll click on invitational division scroll down and on the left hand side you'll see 2022 character list click on that button and you'll see all of the characters that have been chosen or that have been uh i'm sorry all 40 characters that are up and then on july 15th You'll see the list of characters that have been chosen and the cosplayers and costumers that are making those builds with all of their social media information. And then you can go in like me and Siska have been and watch the builds as they're happening and be like, oh, my God, that's so amazing. Oh, my God, that's so beautiful. No, if you search
3: right now, if you're listening to this (laughs) and you don't want to wait to hear what we're talking about, you can search on Facebook page to the hashtag page to stage. As well as the hashtag Podium Audio, and find it because Podium Publishing has been our wonderful and gracious sponsors for this event.
1: So yeah, they they have been amazing. They're providing all of the cash prizes, um, and prize support for everything. And uh, I'm I'm so excited by some of the things that they have out there. We we chose some of their characters as well to highlight, um, to say thank you, but also because some of these characters are just. Gorgeous. Like the descriptions, when you read through them, they're a costumer's dream. So one of the other things that's been really awesome about this
3: little sidetrack that i have really pleased of, this is the first real inner track event. So this isn't just fantasy literature, costuming tracks partnered with us, as well as YA literature and sci-fi literature tracks. So it's a big deal if you go to Dragon Con.
1: And we're kind of hoping to partner with other tracks. So, you know, if anybody else wants to partner, feel free to message or email Saskia because, you know, we're cool with it. So, Nick, are you lost?
0: So I actually I actually just scrolled through real quick while she was talking the list. And uh, one of the other ones that's on their list by Justin Sloan, the Shadow Core. we interviewed him, I'm pretty sure about that book. So if it's in the archives, I will dig that back up. And we will throw that up as well. So if you're curious. There
3: is one of the things that's been really neat is we, if you are in the invitational and you want to see if you can reach out to the author, let us know and we can help you facilitate that. So we have one with some of the authors. authors. I don't know all of them. I'll try and help you with it. So if I don't know them, but I'm lucky that I know many of them. I will say right
1: now, the selection committee that uh, is putting together all of the invitations and getting them out to people has been working double time, stalking people that have a history of making costumes and characters that are similar to the ones on the list and have done amazing jobs with them before, so that that way, uh, you know, we're we're looking at people that we know this is well within their skill set, well within their ability to con crunch and get this done within time constraints. <laughs> And well within the um, purview of the contest. And then in addition to that, when you go through this list of characters. And you're looking and you're going, you know, I have costumes that look a lot like this. That are very similar. I could do some modification. And I could make this uh, this character work. um, If I modify this costume that I've already made, do it do it because you can enter a costume that you've previously made and even previously competed in as long as it's never won best in show or a major division like best novice best journeyman best master as long as you've never won those awards with it you can modify it and you can bring it to the dragon con page to stage in the invitational now for the rest of you who are looking at the list of characters going i want to make that i want to make that i could make that in the next seven weeks do it and bring it to the open. Go register in the open division and bring it.
0: And might I make a recommendation if you're looking at that list of invitational characters, you might also say, "Hey, that looks really cool. I want to read that." So if you're not That's a customer but you're looking it. for your next you're looking for your next read, check that out.
3: So the other thing in is um when you're registering from the for the open you don't have to have your documentation ready when you register you just have to have it to us by the deadline that's like a week before the convention
0: what's what um what registration paperwork
3: uh it's just proof of the build showing pictures of this is what i did and, and stuff so, stuff we all do anyways, we all take pictures and are like, hey, look, mommy, what should I do? Oh, yeah, my phone's
2: Yeah, my we don't
1: require a heck of a lot in the ways of documentation. We want to see what process you did. So, you know, okay, I'm working with thermoplastics. Hold on, let me take my camera out real quick, and I'm just going to take a picture of this piece that I'm working on. Okay, there's documentation for that piece. You know, you can put it in a word document and toss your photos in, and type in a little description of what you did. Um, you can just put the photos in and then explain it in person when you get to the con. All of that counts as documentation. Obviously, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect APA citation format. All of that—we're not crazy, okay? This is a fandom event,
3: not so, a college. Oh, okay, so I, I, okay, I, I, I my person, you know, I don't care about the grammar as much.
2: No, I, especially if it comes from me, i, I Okay, that said, it is a
1: literary costume contest competition. <laughs>
2: <All> <laughs> right, so I, I have a quick question. We we've talked about that you uh, you you gather this um, collection of characters um, on the creator side of the house. If we wanted to submit to be a um, to be put on that list for costumers, cosplayers to do our independent stuff, like, is there a way for us to do that? So, some of us that aren't getting as much love, you know.
3: What we've been doing is we have been highlighting characters that have been sent in as they may not have made it into the invitational category for this year, but there is going to be a next year. So, you never know. But also, what we've been doing on the DC is DC page two stage Facebook page. Is we have been highlighting character character descriptions sent in from content creators. So if you're a content creator and you want to have see if somebody will use this as an inspiration, send me in your character description, ideally the press, so that we can hashtag the press, you know, Falstaff Publishing, Bane publishing, that podium publishing, that kind of thing as well as the series it's from and if you have either the cover art for the book that would be or comic that would be great because that way we can take it and put it up there so that they can see where to go and get it and we will even do our best if you message me to i'll let you know when it goes live so that you can tell me that you know hey look you forgot a comma I probably won't get to it. Or you um,
1: can just have me spell check it, like I've been doing all the grammar and spell checking along the way.
3: You know what? Some so, people need a support system. I have one.
2: So I was you. in we the side fun, comments joking.
0: I was joking in the side comments that if you make your progeny, if you make your kids make the costume for you, if that counts. And of course Mara very snarkily said no, the kids should enter. So let me ask you this are there age brackets for, for kids that want to potentially enter, or do they just okay. is it a free for all against everyone?
1: okay so originally we did have a children's division we did that last year no one entered let's be realistic thursday night is a school night and so a lot of kids do not come to thursday night programming at dragon con so if a child does want to enter technically the novice division is 13 and up but if the child actually made the costume and has never won outside of a kid's division before, it would be most appropriate for them to enter in the novice division. But they will be considered and competing against everyone. And so that may mean that, you know, they don't have as finished lines, but it's great experience. And so as someone who did bring my children up in the costuming community, I taught all five of my kids functional skills, including occupational and physical therapy through costuming and making costumes. I strongly recommend that parents encourage this kind of creativity. And uh, so if your kid makes your costume because they can't come out on a Thursday night school night, just enter it with them as the maker and bring their documentation and defend it for them like you can because you're a parent or have your kid come and
3: enter it themselves in fact we actually have somebody who is making i think you told me we have somebody who are asked that question they don't want to wear the costume i think they're making a, their friend or partner wear the costume
1: and so it was they can model it but you're the comp- competitor exactly and so they will have to come with you and discuss with the judges what their process was in making and their vision was in making the costume but you can put it on a model instead of putting it on yourself that said everyone should cosplay 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 your way and if you have not looked up those hashtags and that amazing movement i strongly recommend you go look up cosplay your way uh, because cosplay is for everyone costuming is for everyone it does not matter what your size, your shape, your disability, your race, your color, your creed, your religion, your background, anything along those lines, cosplay it your way.
0: Uh, There's rumor that that's the the Mikey Mason song, Too Fat to Troop, started because people were mocking someone that was too big to wear the Stormtrooper armor.
1: That's exactly it. I heard that. And I've actually talked to him about that at MarsCon in Virginia. (laughs)
0: It's an epic song, too. If you haven't heard it, you should totally check it out. Mikey Mason is awesome.
1: Mikey Mason is awesome. You should check out all of his work. The blubbering humdingers are amazing, too.
3: I make JR listen to Filk songs. I filk. She my does, but I actually contest found contest him.
0: Sorry to feel like I'm Actually, no, I did know. find Mikey Mason through <laughs> oh you. That's right, Doc. It's all your fault. My son's hooked now. He can sing the whole thing. My youngest. That's awesome. <laughs> He likes the murder hobo one the best though.
1: Oh, Fingers. that's funny. <laughs> oh, wow.
0: So, all right, so were there any other questions about this page to stage that we didn't ask you that we should have? Cuz i I'm a noob at this. I don't know anything about costuming other than I've seen pictures. You've I seen make pictures of a dark
2: Jedi. <laughs> um,
1: I mean, the page to the stage is just an epic contest. It's along with the Friday night costuming contest and the great tradition started by Marty gear there, um, that, that Lee Cox has just done such an amazing job with for the last decade. Um, you know, we, we really count ourselves lucky to be among the, uh, beautiful pageantry that comes in costuming at dragon con. Um, and, and the invitational division does get a little bit cooler because in the open division, we do do a catwalk. You come out on stage, the MCs read your announcement, they talk about your costume, and then you go off stage. But in the invitational division, you get a one minute skit or musical performance. Entertain the audience as your character. So this is where the creativity in the presentation comes in a little bit more. It's not like the masquerade. The masquerade is its own animal. They give people 90 seconds to three minutes and you guys have seen some crazy stuff in there. I know because I put some crazy stuff in there. I mean, let's, let's just go back to 2018. You guys saw the monolith and the monolith one that was a minute and 30 seconds of the, the 2004 music. I didn't put that in no no i was the crazy person that brought the mad max mario kart mashup you guys remember that where the power wheels died on stage that was us <laughs> so you know they get to do all kinds of fun stuff in that one minute time frame um and so we we have a pretty neat performance aspect there and seska i understand we're gonna have a little bit of an auction while the judges are making their decisions right we are working
3: on that stuff <laughs> Well, we are working with the DC charity events. I got
2: real big. She's like, Yeah, that we're working
3: on it. We are,
1: I am working on it. Read me
2: Why? I'm sure you are. Just- <laughs> we also yeah, have,
1: you had a really, question before. we also have really amazing MCs and John Hartness and Tans and Silver. They made it absolutely amazing last year. Come listen to them flub the names of every manga and anime character on the planet um and we've had them on the show so
3: you can always hear what they sound like when they know what they're talking about <laughs>
2: hey Mara. I, i've got a really quick question um is this going to be filmed on um, the, the invitation the, everything costume related is it like strat um streamed live or anything like that for people that that can attend dc like i can't do it this year um, uh well love we, to see all that stuff uh, I, maybe, so maybe. we
1: we will be recording it there will be video hopefully this year there will also be audio because apparently last year we had a technical glitch and didn't get the audio of the contest oh well wow. no <laughs> one has trained me in audio visual It's fine, that's why we've got a
2: board runner this
1: year. We've got got an AV professional coming to make sure we get good audio and good video. There'll be a rehearsal for the invitational competitors so they'll get to run their their skit real quickly so that way they know where to hit their marks and everything else, Um, but uh, we will have it up somewhere now where has not been defined yet it may be on the website it may be on the facebook group we will well, not allow it, to stream, it? It live primarily because of the fact that we're in the hyatt international ballroom south which if you've ever been in the hyatt international ballroom you know that there's a wi-fi issue down there yeah
2: it's a, yeah it's so
1: um if dctv picks us up are you listening dctv we'd love to have you pick us up uh then hopefully we will also be on dctv well, I'll make baked goods. I I oh, will- You're gonna bribe them with we'll food, bribe, I well, I will bribe them with mead. I will bring mead. See?
2: Oh, um, who's sponsoring it? Is there somebody sponsoring this? Yes.
3: Podium is sponsoring
0: it.
2: Okay.
3: Podium Publishing. Podium Publishing. Podium. They do
2: audiobooks, people.
0: Okay.
3: They, do they do audiobooks, but they're also in print now.
0: They're also getting into print, print
1: now. It, is my understanding. They have a really sure amazing audio okay. out by Felicia Day that's a lit RPG. Um, one of the characters we chose is actually from it. It's hysterical. I love that book. It's
3: rule of Good cool or rule too cool. The words rule and cooler in it.
1: Yes, it's rule of cool.
3: I have not had a lot of sleep getting all of this stuff to put together. Neither has Mira. What are you
2: talking about? I just it, so uh,
1: you still have got I pulled 19-hour to, days for two
2: weeks. Are you kidding me? The, the, the
0: funny thing is going to be the interpretation factor because there's a modern trend in literature where they leave everything to the imagination for character description and they give you almost nothing. I don't like it. Give me the Tolkien-esque, like, describe every blade of glass. But that's a, a hill I'll die on another day. But I imagine you're going to see a lot of creative interpretations given some authors write books where you don't even know what the character looks like at the end.
1: Yeah, we we had some fun writing some descriptions and helping out with descriptions. Um, I think my most fun description that I got to write was actually a character that everybody knows completely too well, uh, and that is Deadpool. Deadpool is one of the characters for the Invitational Division. so And he hasn't been claimed yet, invitees. So, you know, uh, the Deadpool mashups and Deadpools are kind of well-known at Dragon Con. I'm, I'm hoping to see someone pick that one up and run with it.
0: So is a mashup character where you merge two different characters together yep. allowed? So if someone yeah. wanted to do, I don't know, Deadpool Sailor Moon?
2: It's been yeah. done. And it's amazing. I'm just because
0: Doc's a but fan.
1: I, that is a thing. and people, <laughs> never seen it. I need it!
2: I'm researching. Hold on. Stand by. I got it.
1: Yep. There there, is no (laughs) research. Dragon Con, Deadpool, Sailor Moon, Deadpool. There are like 30 of them. Um, That said, uh, you know,
3: I'm not mature.
1: I've been at Dragon Con, Deadpool for over a decade. I've, I've been in those conga lines. I eat my chimichangas. I have melted in the parade with all of them under masks. Oh, my God. Nothing but love for the Deadpools. We're working on finding a couple of Deadpools that are willing to be our stormtroopers for the people competing in the Invitational if they take longer than a minute on stage. If you'd like to volunteer to be a Deadpool during the page to stage and help, uh, you know, strong arm our contestants if they overstay their welcome, please email fantasy at dragoncon.org.
2: Cisco's going to so make me draw this. <laughs> I found one, Doc.
1: I happen like, found
0: yeah. the same one Nick just found. Doc, can you share yeah, that to the screen? screen
2: me? No, you did not, because I'm king of Google.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm yeah, only going to give you Google was one stronger than
2: mine today.
1: I'm only going to give you one hint for the Invitational. Go to Facebook. Put in hashtag DragonCon, hashtag page to stage, hashtag Sailor Pluto. You're going to love it.
2: I was going to say Sailor Mars, but uh, Sailor Pluto will work. Sailor Pluto awesome.
1: <laughs> Show the
2: outer Yeah, moon well, moon. You, you were giving me all that crap about Sailor Moon stuff. So I started researching it and then I started watching it. And then I hate you.
1: Outer Scout love. Outer Scout love.
0: <laughs> all right. And on that happy note, so. Uh, Right now you're sponsored exclusively, I understand, by Podium Publishing of audiobook fame. Uh, What about other um, companies, uh, I don't know, sewing companies, maybe other people that make supports for costumers, uh, I don't know, some small press publishers? If they wanted to sponsor you, how would that work? Is it going to be exclusively Podium going forward or could other people get involved? That
3: will take um, emails and we'll discuss it as people email us because for this year if i i would have to go talk with podium about that because but for next year we will be discussing sponsorships for next year starting in october
1: that said crop so house are- 42 has sponsored the previous page to stage and is of course always helping sponsor of course in a sponsor every way we can
2: financially to be a sponsor what like the monetary amount to be a sponsor, how much is that? Do you have any uh,
3: idea? That discuss emails and is above my pay grade officially.
2: So, so saying, like, uh, i sure i, got I got With a certain combo company that I kind of, kind of happen to own if I want to like sponsor something. like how much? I, I we will really take that off air is what Doc is hinting. Because who wouldn't want to see an after so, sponsored it's so, not so, so the
0: next question with with uh, tangential to sponsorship, you mentioned you're doing some sort of charity auction. Is that open for people that might want to donate, I don't know, one of their signed books charity. or their signed comments, donate, that kind of thing?
3: A signed book, email fantasy at dragoncon.org or a signed comic book or memorabilia or something, and I will gladly coordinate the details with them.
0: Okay, Perfect. All right. Do you have any other questions? Because we've been at this for an hour, and I know Doc falls asleep at like promptly 10.30. And, like she's going to be sleeping on her desk. She's so back to, to happen. I know because she contacts me at like 2.33, and she's like, Hey, you up? I'm like, No,
2: but sort of. I'm watching I'm, was, like, I'm always
0: up. I don't know why she's messaging you. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> she hey. likes you oh, I more. Mean, I, I hate you. Because, because I'm not. I go to
1: bed at 9 or nine thirty.
0: Understood. All right. So, on that happy note.
1: I'm going to go stay with someone Mel. He loves me. We Mel love And we love Mel.
0: Mira, if someone wanted to reach out to find out more, how would they reach out to you guys for the page to stage?
1: So the best, ways the best to contact way? It? Yeah, so the best ways to contact us for the page to stage are to email fantasy at org with any questions you might have, or you can message the Facebook page uh, page to stage costume contest. You can message that. You can also message Mara Rose. Uh, if you have something directly related to rules, judging, etc., all of that stuff, or you can email me at Mara at me.com. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is me.com. Um, if you have any uh, questions regarding the judging aspects, the criteria, the percentages, anything along those lines, you're more than welcome to send to me.
3: We also have an Instagram mm-hmm. account now for it, which
1: is fantasy at page to stage. Have you gotten no, that TikTok up here? Right. Uh, yeah. Fantasy just, page, just, page just, to stage, at fantasy page to stage.
0: Okay. We'll have all of that in the show notes. We'll get that fixed. We're actually, this is going to be one of the few ones that we literally uh, posted the day after we recorded it. So you guys have plenty of time to do all your research. And I will frantically scramble to get you all those uh, links in this in the show notes. So check those out. And you can find us on Twitter at twitter.com backslash sf underscore fantasy underscore show, Sierra Foxtrot underscore fantasy underscore show. You can email us at blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com. Again, that is blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com. We have the Facebook group where all the shenanigans happen at facebook.com backslash groups backslash blasters and blades podcast. Again, backslash groups backslash blasters and blades podcast. We have a website at anchor.fm backslash blasters, tech and tech blades. Again, anchor.fm backslash blasters dash and dash blades, where you can also support the show for as little as 99 cents a month. You can help keep the lights on. Uh, and you can also support the show more directly at buymeacoffee.com backslash author J.R. Handley. Again, buymeacoffee.com backslash author Jr. Handley. Be per- sure to put in the comment section that it is for the podcast, and I promise I will keep my co-hosts Nick Garber and Doc Seska duly intoxicated. They will drink until their liver surrenders.
3: Never surrender. I love caffeine. Uh, Never give up.
0: All right. And- five, ten
2: years ago, anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, so before you bring us home, Doc, I want everyone to know, because you're listening to this, it's going to be airing on Friday the 8th, uh, we are going to be setting up this weekend a Linktree account where we put all of the things together. Uh, not going to lie, we're going to also link to Nick Garber's OnlyFans where he shows his art. Uh, you've it's heard the joke art. if you've yeah, listened to not- our podcast. <laughs> it's just literally artwork, and I don't Wait, even charge. Nick, has he, joined, he was Nick has yeah, He was a plank holder. So that, when, that he was a plank holder episode. when it still <laughs> when it was all art before it became what it is today. Uh, it was going to be the next Patreon. And then it became something else. Uh, so we're going to have a yeah, link yeah, tree I, that will I, also I,
2: include I, that. Please, please check it out. It's uh, NG art. <laughs> All right. And then finally, so wait, we're looking have at stuff. I'm going to unblock uh, unblock
1: OnlyFans from my parental controls just so I can go check out Nick's page.
2: Yeah. Um, there's like a couple of pictures of stuff I've drawn. <laughs> Your teenage children no are
1: officially
3: thanking Nick. Oh, then, never mind. Yeah,
2: right. Okay. I'll finally see Nick cover stuff. And they're gonna be like, "What?" All right. <laughs> no
0: problem. So the other the other part of that is, Nick, calm down. The other no, part of that here. family friendly. Remember, family friendly. Family friendly. So, I have the only family friendly the, OnlyFans ever. <laughs> Absolutely. So the other part of that is we're looking at uh, the feasibility of adding to some of the other platforms: bit, Shoot, Rumble. Uh, you know, we're gonna do it a little bit at a time because it's a lot to manage, and you know, we're not getting paid for this, so. You know but we're going to try to start adding our back catalog to those platforms so other people can find us and we can grow this community uh and hopefully you know if you're if you're listening on other platforms and you want to you know spread the word we're going to be doing all that it'll start uh getting posted in the facebook group once we have the links for all of that so stay tuned and on that happy note doc try not to like invert your eyes and make them roll out of your head or something and instead bring us home with your final, final. oh wait a minute did you ask her about pineapple
2: on pizza no, shut up.
1: Oh, I love pineapple on no, pizza. No. Pineapple on pizza is the bomb, along with the olives and onions and ham.
2: Okay, pineapple is only allowed on pizza with what Mara said. And also, I got to add jalapenos.
1: Oh, no jalapenos.
3: You
2: guys no are all thing. voted off all the right, island. So, this episode is not going to air anymore.
3: No. It will too air because Jared
1: doesn't have a choice.
2: No, but the onions talk and olives. You really, got to you gotta add the sugar with the sweet. And the salt. At least he and-
1: didn't say anchovies.
2: Oh, God, no. What am I, communist? No. I wait
1: Wait. what that has wait. to do with when are anch- Since when are anchovies communists?
2: I don't know. I just threw it in there just for.
3: Okay. Before was- him eats his foot, let's wrap up
2: the it show. Okay.
3: I think he did just eat his foot. So yeah, here, I'll eat the whole thing too. It. I got I have now officially muted Nick. So thank you for joining us on the Blasperance <laughs> Podcast. And he just figured it out for everybody here, which is the entire dysfunctional family of Nick Garber, Jr. Handley, and my good friend, Mira Rose. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to tune in next time. Same bat channel, same bat place. I don't know, I guess. Same bat Playin time, bad. same bat channel. Same bat. and have a wonderful weekend and don't forget to follow us bye see you at dragon con